Hello, Boulder and the wider world. This is Philip Ogren from the Sharing Boulder podcast. I am excited to announce that Sharing Boulder now has a blog. Please visit us at sharingboulder.us and click on the link to the blog. We hope you find it interesting and educational and that you will share it widely with other people concerned about making Boulder more inclusive. Also, if you are interested in participating in Sharing Boulder, please reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at pvogren. We are always looking for interesting people who love Boulder and are deep thinkers to be on our podcast. And now that we have a blog, we'd like to have contributors for that as well. The first post on the blog is titled Green Urbanism for Boulder, and I'm going to read it here for this podcast episode. It helps make the important connections between climate change and the environment and housing policy. As you listen to this episode, I have a personal challenge for you to think about. What would it take for you to reduce your carbon footprint to 12% of what it currently is? What changes in your life would you be willing to make? I would argue that most of us are willing to trim at the fat a little and make small changes on the margins, but making that kind of change feels just too radical and impractical. Perhaps this is possible for a few heroic individuals, but it is just not going to happen for most of us. And yet, it is becoming clearer to everyone that the climate crisis is upon us and the need for real, meaningful change is inescapable. Is radical change possible and practical? Yes, it is. And the key to opening our minds to this possibility is understanding green urbanism, which is a way to think about structural change to our society and our cities to make them havens for low-impact, low-carbon living. Green Urbanism for Boulder by Philip Ogren. Are cities bad for the environment? I was recently explaining to a friend why I'm excited about the good work being done by YIMBY activists in Boulder and across the country. She was unfamiliar with the phrase YIMBY, and so I gave her a quick elevator pitch. Her first reaction was, that sounds nice, but do you really think the planet can support denser cities? It's a fair question. We often have deep intuitions that our ever-growing large cities dotting our globe are the source of all things bad for the environment. So should we really be investing more housing, more infrastructure, and more raw materials into our cities if they are so bad for the environment? Because isn't the whole problem that there are too many people consuming too many resources? This simplistic conclusion aligns with the frequent emotional reaction we have to cities, that they are concrete and steel hellscapes that make us feel disconnected from nature. I often feel a deep urge to leave the city to escape into nature where I can find spiritual nourishment and inspiration for taking care of this amazing planet. Skepticism of cities is reinforced by images from the media, which frequently promotes, quote, green, tiny homes nestled in picturesque settings such as rainforests or mountains. We've been fed a fantasy that the way to live in harmony with nature is to live in nature with a minimal footprint that integrates seamlessly with the surrounding ecosystem. Because living in nature is not practical for so many people, Many of us settle for some suburban-style, distant approximation of this ideal, which may include living near nature. The more remote and the closer to nature we are, the better we may feel about the environment and our relationship to it. But this is all backwards. Consider the following thought experiment. Instead of clustering in cities, imagine if we tried to maximize the number of people living in or near natural landscapes. What would this mean for humanity's environmental footprint? Devastation. When people are spread out, they drive more, they consume more land, and they require more infrastructure in the form of roads, sewage systems, electric lines, etc. 
Now do the inverse thought experiment. Imagine what humanity's environmental footprint if we lived in the most space-efficient housing possible. There would be less driving and fewer roads. Smaller houses and other buildings would require fewer resources and supporting infrastructure. Both thought experiments, when taken to an extreme, sound pretty miserable for the planet and humans, respectively. But it is important that we upend some of our misleading intuitions and understand that urban centers and compact living are key to lowering humanity's impact on the planet. Four Future Scenarios In his 2013 book, Urbanism in the Age of Climate Change, Peter Calthorpe claims that, quote, Urbanism is, in fact, our single most potent weapon against climate change, rising energy costs, and environmental degradation. End quote. The premise of the book is that urbanism is a key ingredient toward getting to the 12% solution. The goal of having each person emitting 12% of current levels of greenhouse gases by 2050 in order to mitigate the worst effects of climate change. In order to underscore the importance of urbanism and increased density for reducing environmental impact, he provides the following two by two grid, which imagines four different futures. These four possible futures result from combining two land use alternatives with two alternative policy packages. The upper left-hand corner of the grid is labeled trend sprawl. The lower left-hand corner, green sprawl. The upper right-hand corner is labeled simple urbanism, and the lower right-hand corner is labeled green urbanism. Trend sprawl. In this future, we basically keep doing what we are doing with respect to land use and energy policy. In this future, the supply of fossil fuels continues to expand to meet energy demands, which are mitigated somewhat by modestly improved auto and building efficiencies. Green sprawl. In this future, we aggressively improve the efficiency of our automobiles and buildings and similarly aggressively replace fossil fuels with green energy alternatives, but we continue the trend of our current land use policies, which emphasize car-centric, decentralized suburban-style sprawl. This is the green future most often promised by the media and politicians who would have us believe that we can continue living the way we live just so long as we do it, quote, greener. Simple urbanism. In this future, we aggressively apply smart growth concepts to our land use policies by moving towards urban infill and compact growth. But instead of aggressively pursuing green energy and efficiency policies, we basically continue on as we are currently trending. This seems an unlikely future given the current political landscape, but it serves as a useful thought experiment to compare and contrast with green sprawl. Green urbanism. In this future, we aggressively pursue both smart growth land use patterns and green energy and efficiency policies and technologies. This is the path towards realizing the 12% solution. This two by two quadrant is a very useful way to think about how we can reduce the environmental impact of human activity because both green sprawl and simple urbanism have important benefits and drawbacks when implemented in isolation. For example, green sprawl would result in a future with much less water and building energy consumption, but would result in enormous amounts of new urbanized land and huge vehicle miles traveled numbers, and would impose enormous infrastructure costs too. Simple urbanism, on the other hand, would increase the amount of new urbanized land very little, drastically reduce household VMTs, and impose far smaller infrastructure costs, 
However, water and building energy consumption would still be very high. Green urbanism combines the benefits of both smart growth land use policies and green energy and efficiency policies and points towards a feasible way that human activity can be environmentally sustainable. Growing greener. What does this have to do with Boulder, Colorado? After all, isn't Boulder held up as a model for environmental sustainability? I like to remind listeners that I have a deep love for this city, and I truly admire the concerned citizens who live here and the hard work that's been done to realize environmentally friendly policies like our network of bike paths and lanes, open space assets that curb sprawl, and climate change initiatives. But if you look a little closer, our collective action looks a lot more like green sprawl than green urbanism, especially when it comes to the tireless defense of zoning for large single-family homes on large lots, which make compact development and urban infill all but impossible in most areas of the city. By severely limiting the ability to implement smart growth land use policies, we actually exacerbate suburban sprawl in surrounding communities. This was carefully detailed and argued in the Growing Greener Report, which was a joint effort by Frontier Group, SWEEP, Coperg Foundation, and Environment Colorado. They make the following central claims. One, the inability of people who work in Boulder to find or afford housing in the city encourages long commutes that contribute to regional air pollution and global warming. Three out of five jobs in Boulder are held by people who live outside the city. Two, enabling more people who work in Boulder to live in the city would allow them to drive less and walk, bike, and take transit more, reducing air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions. Three, enabling more compact development particularly along transit corridors like Broadway and near commercial centers, could further reduce driving and associated emissions within Boulder. Four, increasing compact development within Boulder would not only reduce driving and associated emissions, but also environmentally damaging sprawling development across the region. Five, increasing compact development can help Boulder to meet its goals to reduce greenhouse gas emissions increase affordable housing availability, and much more. I cannot add much of value to this very well-written and thorough report. I encourage you to make time to read it because it is vital to understanding how Boulder can pursue a green urbanism future that would make us a model of sustainability that really would be worth bragging about. Green urbanism and population growth. This all sounds fine and well, but what about the underlying macro problem of too many people consuming too much stuff and land and energy and food? What good is it to have a green urbanism future if humanity's population and economy just keep growing? I think very few environmentalists would deny that the sheer scale of human population and activity is the single overarching macro level explanation for the stress we've inflicted on our planet's ecosystems. Wouldn't it be better if we simply limited all growth everywhere? And shouldn't we start by stopping growth right here in Boulder? This is a popular argument made by vocal members of our community, but this argument is badly flawed for the following reasons. One, the salient takeaway of pursuing green urbanism is that we will need far fewer resources per person right now. Even if global and or regional population starts to decline, we should still actively promote the growth of green urban cities where resources consumed per capita is sharply less than suburban lifestyles.
Two, if global population froze today or started to trend downwards, there will still be massive global, national, and regional migration trends that will result in increased urbanization. Some areas will increase in population while others decrease for a wide variety of reasons, including displacement of coastal areas due to rising sea levels and droughts caused by climate change. Colorado will likely continue to be an attractive place for people to migrate to for generations to come. Will migrants to our state live in existing cities that have shifted towards green urbanism? Or will we continue expanding our metropolitan footprints with ever-increasing sprawl? Similarly, Boulder will likely continue to be an attractive place within Colorado for people to come to live and work. Will newcomers be forced to outcompete established residents for the relatively fixed and limited housing in Boulder? Or will we make room for newcomers by building compact housing and urban infill projects? Three, urbanism has a very liberalizing effect on people and urban areas are where progressive values and ideas most easily and naturally flourish. It follows that if you want lower birth rates to mitigate population growth, then an effective way to achieve that is through urbanization of populations. Conclusion. One of the great things about green urbanism, as described above, is that we don't have to wait around for the federal or state government for us to make meaningful efforts to mitigate the climate crisis. And while we are still going to need collective action at the state, national, and planetary levels to support policies like carbon taxes and efficiency standards, there's no reason we can't make meaningful and dramatic change to the environment right here and right now in Boulder, Colorado by adopting smart growth land use policies that encourage compact structures, walkable neighborhoods, and mixed use urban infill. Please visit us at sharingboulder.us for additional footnotes and graphics related to this blog post and to find previous episodes and show notes. This episode of Sharing Boulder was produced and edited by Philip Ogren. The intro music was sampled by, from Osladum by Gilberto Gill and is available for use under the Creative Commons Sampling Plus license.